Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, joined by Jenny Wise. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everyone. And we're excited, thrilled, happy to have our colleague, Rick Parrish, here in person in the studio, because he's usually not with us in Cambridge. Hi, Rick. I am overjoyed to be here in person. <laughs> okay, your adjective beats mine. Rick has written a new report in a relatively, I would say, new-ish area for Forrester. We've touched on this topic a little bit here and there, but you're going right at the bullseye on values. And the report is called Introducing Forrester's Values-Based Experience Framework. Why values, Rick? Well, values because uh, more customers care about values more than ever before. In fact, it's not going too far to say that a company's values are now a core issue for a majority of customers around the world. And how do you know that? <laughs> well, there's a lot of really interesting data out there. For instance, the Edelman Earned Brand uh, report shows that 64% of consumers will choose a company or switch from a company or avoid a company based on its stand on some social issue. Accenture has a very interesting survey showing that 62% of consumers say that they have chosen a brand recently, you know, because of the brand's ethical values and mm -hmm. demonstrated authenticity around them. There's a lot of really interesting data, just kind of more and more on that theme that shows that, again, around the world, this isn't just U.S. Uh, majority of customers are taking companies' values into account in their purchasing decisions. And, and you know, when I talk about values, I'm really talking about moral values, social, political values. I'm ask you right? to clarify what we meant by yeah. values. That's mm -hmm. what I'm talking about here. I'm not, I'm not talking about integrity or mm -hmm. we do the right thing for our customers. I mean, great, but those aren't anything that anyone would mistake for a, a deep commitment to real moral, social, and political values. I like that distinction because actually you would switch companies because they have a greater commitment to their customers, but a customer wouldn't see that as their values being the reason they switched, only their promised and right. you know, experienced customer experience. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. And these types of values aren't equally important for everyone, but they are a salient issue, a core issue for a majority of customers around the world. Yeah, I'm so curious about that. Um, when I think about companies' values and how much stock people take in those values, mm -hmm. I'm sure that we can think of instances where, you know, yes, I like what Patagonia stands for, so mm -hmm. I'm more likely to shop with them mm -hmm. if I need a quarter zip, right? Or sure. a pullover <laughs> because I like what they stand for. Sure. But then there are other companies mm -hmm. that I interact with just because they have the fastest shipping or the cost is lower for the same product that I sure. want. And in those cases, what their values are, unless they are in my face and against what I stand for, mm -hmm. right? I might not notice as much. Mm -hmm. You might not. Absolutely. And in this line of research, we're not telling companies that they need to have a particular relationship with values. We're not telling mm -hmm. every company out there that they need to become, say, a Patagonia with a deep core commitment right. to environmental values or a Mission Barbecue, southeastern U.S. regional restaurant chain. Every day at noon, everything in their restaurant stops and everyone stands up and sings the U.S. national anthem. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, I'm yeah. not telling every restaurant chain that they need to be Mission Barbecue. What we are saying is that in this world in which values are a core issue for a majority of customers, companies need to actually think about what their relationship with values is. Because up to now, most companies have just gone on to sort of traditional business inertia, which is some sort of neutrality or some sort of vague platitude. You know, we, we're always going to be honest. That's right. our value. Right. Well, great. Or, or the sort like of- Like a marketing statement. Right, or, or the sort of usual yeah. kind of corporate values- uh, you know, yeah. sort of milk toast kind of stuff, which is fine. You know, and writing checks to social groups is fine. 
But mm-hmm. in a world of values-based customers, that's really weak teeth. That doesn't cut it. That may be okay. So as, as I said, I'm not telling every company they need to dive deep on values. What they need to do is they need to be thinking about this issue and really understand the lay of the land and what the possibilities are so that they can be deliberate. Mm-hmm. They can be strategic about where they're going to land. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Right. And so how salient your values are is something that will vary depending on some factors. Exactly. And so you just mentioned that companies have a different type of relationship with values. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, you outlay three categories. Can you explain to us what those are? Yeah. When we talk about a relationship with values, we're really talking about two variables. The first variable is what category of values a company has. And the second variable is how intensely they express those values. The first right. question here is, what category of values they have. You can have neutral values, which is the usual approach. For instance, in the report, one of the examples I use, just because it's a large company that people know, is General Electric. I'm not saying anything for or against their position on values. What I'm just saying is that they have some of the usual kind of corporate language around being a good corporate citizen and doing the right thing and that sort of stuff. And that's fine. And that's also normal. But that's not, as I said, anything that a values-based customer would mistake for a commitment to real values. I'm unlikely to buy or not buy a GE refrigerator based on their values. Absolutely. For many companies, this could be the right place to be, neutral on values. The point I'm making is that in a world of values-based customers, you need to think about that rather than just being there based on inertia. I might not buy or not buy a GE refrigerator because they're very neutral values. But as more and more customers become values-driven in their purchasing behaviors, I may also just not buy a GE refrigerator because I don't know anything about their values. And I have gone to the store specifically for the Whirlpool refrigerator Mm -hmm. somehow. They have have values that I align with and Mm -hmm. therefore want to support. One of the interesting things to think about here is as values-based consumers become more and more important as we project that they will, I'm not saying you need to land anywhere in particular, but what I'm saying is neutrality looks less and less neutral to values-based customers. Mm, mm-hmm. right? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Val- I can see neutrality that. starts to look like part of the problem rather than part of the solution if you're a values-based customer. Yeah. If you're a values-based customer and a company's not doing anything to support the values that I believe in, right. then I am sort of almost putting them on the other side. Right. Like they're in opposition to me. That's right. You're That's not right. part of the solution. You're part of the problem. Right. right? Yeah, this is getting into right. social right. values. And I don't mean you need to, to just, stand up for something. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to pick on one company here. It's just one example. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, saying yeah. that may be the right strategy for them. Right. Right. I was going to say, you still can be neutral, right, to what uh, you're saying yeah. before. I can see there are some product categories or industries That's or right. we look at the competitive set. If no one is taking this huge stance exactly. and it's not a differentiator, it can be fine. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all and about I, business success here, right? Right. 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 Yeah. That's the point. What I, what I just mean is that that's one possible type of values, just neutral. But I just want to underline a point you made. I think it's a really good point about being neutral on values is do it because you have considered it and thought about it and right. decided actively right. to it's be neutral on values, yeah. not just end up there. You said inertia. And I think that's mm-hmm. a really important point because most companies have ended up there without it being a considered choice. Exactly. Now, so option one. Right. So neutral. that's option one. Neutral. neutral. <laughs> <laughs> option two is what we call reflected values. Reflected values is when a company genuinely adopts the values of its customers, not a ploy, not something cynical, not something fake. But when a company really does look at their customers and their, say, changing attitudes or their deepening attitudes about something and has a real conversion, it says, wow, you know what? They're right. I believe that now too. So a good example here is, say, CVS. 
right? CVS Pharmacy, as, as many people know, a few years ago, this is in response to growing social concern over tobacco products. CVS had a, a real values conversion and said, they're right. We agree with them. We believe this too. We're getting rid of tobacco products at our stores. And then just a few weeks ago, some folks may have noticed that CVS also announced that they are not going to partner with ad agencies that have tobacco clients. Right? So they're, they're really building that value into the way they, they do business. Now, of course, and they've said this publicly, they expect that any lost revenue from uh, not carrying tobacco products will be offset from other revenue that they'll get from people going in because they right, don't have customers liking exactly right. So they're mm -hmm. right. So there's they're looking for a business benefit here. That's fine. I'm not criticizing yeah. them for that. Yeah. What I'm saying is that's what reflected values are. You say, this is what our customers believe. Mm -hmm. Wow. We believe that too. Right. And that's good for business. And you can imagine that companies with reflected values may change their values over time. So for instance, you can imagine a world in 20 years in which social attitudes towards tobacco products have changed. And CVS saying, we agree with people. We're going to bring tobacco products back into our stores. You can imagine that happening. Right? Right. And again, this is just one example of reflected values. That's what I'm talking about when I talk mm -hmm. about reflected values. I love that example for a lot of reasons. One reason that stands out to me in your telling of it this time, I've heard you talk about CVS before, but I hadn't thought of it this way before, is that creep of what it means to be reflecting the values. We're not going to sell tobacco products in our stores, step one. We're not going to work with any ad agency that has tobacco clients. Mm -hmm. Maybe not even step two. That might have been step three or four. But like mm -hmm. we're mm -hmm. going to keep going down this. And I feel like I see that in a lot of instances around values. Is that something that companies should try to intentionally play out where we'll take the next best action to align with our values? Or how, how should they think about that? Well, we're still doing a lot of research on figuring out what the optimal way to approach that issue is. But in general, I would agree with you that, that there are things that companies have to do both customer-facing and non-customer-facing because yeah. more and more, it's old news now that, that customers can find out anything they want to about a company. Right? Mm -hmm. Every, everyone knows that. Right. Right? But they're looking more and more for things about values. And so they're figuring out more and more which companies are faking it. And we can certainly talk yeah. about some, some of those. I was going right? to say, this one's risky, right? Because you often see someone do a marketing campaign saying, oh, people said they care about this, so we'll do a marketing campaign that we care about this. That's they don't right. genuinely mean it. That's right. And I don't yeah. want to get ahead of ourselves mm -hmm. here, but these are those companies in the neutral category of values. But if we remember that other variable I mentioned, to what degree you express values, mm -hmm. there are companies that have neutral values but express certain kinds of values to a degree. And that's where you run into oh, some of those, those troubles. They're, yeah. they're pretending. And right. they may genuinely think they've adopted some values, but they really haven't, and their customers know it. Yeah, they're yeah. onto them. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> right. Okay, so neutral, reflected. Right. Core. Core values are when a company has values because those are the values of its founder or its CEO or its board of directors or its whatever, without reference to here's what our customers think. The company says, first of all, here's what we believe. Right. Do business with us or don't. Right. And so you can imagine that those values are a bit more stable over time yeah. right, than, say, reflected values. And these are basically the companies that say, we're making a decision, this or that business decision, because of the values first and the business calculation second. I've talked to some companies in this category who have been very blunt about saying, if we can't survive as a business with these values, we're just going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. We're not going to pivot away. We're going to do our best to convince people that we're right and get them to buy from us as a result. But if we can't convince people, we're not going to water it down or pivot away from it. We're just going to close up shop because mm -hmm. this is what we believe in. That's the, the core values company. 
Patagonia, Patagonia right? right, or Mission Barbecue. One of my favorites uh, in this category as well, the Evangelical Christian Credit Union. They are amazing at this stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want to become a member, you have to agree to a statement of faith. Yeah. And there is nothing vague about that statement of faith. It is very specific. And so they're living their values. They're living them out loud. And that's just part and parcel of the sort of deep values commitment that we're, we're talking about here, although we are getting into the issue of to what degree you express values as well, which is, as I said, that, that second variable. Don't want to get ahead of myself. Who's expressing their values more? Not that this is a competition. Mm-hmm. Mission Barbecue, who mm-hmm. has the national anthem singing at lunch, mm-hmm. or Evangelical Credit Union, who has who they're for in the name yeah. and the pledge right. before you can become a customer. Yeah. Arguably, Mission Barbecue uh, is showing their pro-veteran, pro-military commitment right there in the title as well. They also have yep. uh, decommissioned military trucks and a, a bevy of American flags outside of every one of their restaurants. So they're arguably signaling it just as much in their name and their initial public presentation as Evangelical Christian Credit Union with a largely digital customer experience. So one of the things I think is interesting about companies, both Reflected and Core, is talking to them about the way they're deciding to build those values into the customer experience and the degree to which they're building those values in. Because having a commitment to either reflected or core values doesn't necessarily mean being 100% out there with them. Right. There are companies in those categories that are a little quieter about it too, and there are some deliberate decisions to be made there as well. But it's those companies that those mission barbecues, those evangelical Christian credit unions, those Patagonias are um, perhaps the most instructive cases because they are doing the most overtly. Right, it's core to their values and then also the experience. Exactly. Whereas a Chick-fil-A also has very strong core right. values, but it's possible someone just loves Chick-fil-A and goes there and might not even know what Chick-fil-A stands right. for. And we've gotten to the really interesting issue of, of the degree to which you express values. Yeah. And so there's three categories here. You could abstain, just not say anything about it. The second one is what we call signal. This is really speech more than action. You know, you may put a little bit of it into the customer experience a little bit, but not much at all. And this is where Chick-fil-A right. falls. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, we all know they're closed on Sundays. And, you know, yes, we know that they're very active with like-minded nonprofit groups. But as far as their marketing goes, mm-hmm. no values there. As far as the in-restaurant experience goes, if you are a religious person who recognizes Christian religious music, you will recognize that they're playing instrumental versions of Christian music in their stores. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fact, interesting. They used, okay. to, they used to have the lyrics up until a few years ago. They got rid of the lyrics. Now it's just instrumental. They backed off even more. Uh, yeah. Right? But for people who don't recognize the music, yeah. you could right, – you could go. <laughs> you, I just really like the chicken sandwich. Right, yeah. You could Great. go there all the time and never have any idea. They have core values, but they are inclusive of people – even who don't align necessarily with those core values in you a way, totally whereas others are more on that sort of seesaw mm-hmm. where you have to sort of commit to the values that align or not. It's right in your face. Yeah. Right? And yeah. That's, that, that's that third level. Right? That's, that's what we call act. That's the act level of, of expressing your values. Mm-hmm. This is where you infuse your values into the customer experience in a very overt way. Right. This is Patagonia. This is Tom's Shoes. This is Mission Barbecue. This is Evangelical Christian Credit Union and plenty of others. So let's go back to that first category Mm -hmm. because you did signal, you did overt. Mm. What about abstain? One example that I think is instructive there is the chain of gyms for women called Curves. And that was founded by a religiously conservative couple. And they were donating 10% of the company's profits to like-minded social groups, Mm like-minded nonprofit groups. And yet there was no expression of those values in anything about the company. Yeah. And so 
a few years ago when it became known publicly that they were making these donations, it was a bit of a scandal. A lot of women stopped going to the gyms because the message around the gyms was very sort of women's empowerment and that sort of thing, you know, a safe space for women, et cetera. And some women who were customers just sort of assumed based on that messaging that it had liberal values like they did because they associated some of those messages, empowering for women, safe space for women, et cetera, right. with one set of values, whereas those weren't actually the company's values. And so, like I said, it was a, it was a bit of a scandal and, and they, they got some bad press and they lost some money when it came out. Right. Then there's um, other companies where maybe more toward the signal, but maybe just a step <laughs> toward the signal. There's some B2B companies here, for instance, like Salesforce. Right? Salesforce has a strong social commitment. They do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right? They even do free implementations for nonprofit groups. Mm. I mean, they have a serious values commitment. You'd never know it. It's nowhere in the customer experience. Right. It's virtually nowhere in the marketing or anything. They're not hiding it. Right? They're not ashamed of it. They're proud of it. It's just not part of the Salesforce experience. Uh, and given the fact that you, know, you can – you search around enough, find a little thing here or there, we maybe quibble about whether that's abstain or, or signal. Right. But in a world of values-based customers, we might as well call it abstain. Yeah, it's interesting to think about the implications of all of these, right? So if mm -hmm. you're neutral and you're abstaining, that's fine. If you do have a really strong core value and you're abstaining – and mm -hmm. it conflicts with some of your customers, then you're potentially right. putting that at risk, Absolutely. that relationship at risk. So there's Absolutely. all these implications about exactly. sort of what this combination is going to be. Right. That's a risky one. And some of the, the, the even riskier ones are ones we alluded to earlier, those companies in that neutral values category who are nonetheless signaling that they have values. That's a contentious group. Uh, right. And yeah. in this nine box framework that we formed, yeah. we call this the shallow category, the very sort of shallow commitment here. These are companies like Gillette. Gillette's marketing campaign is all about aligning themselves with certain types of values for men and great ads, but the company hasn't actually made a real commitment to any of those values. They haven't had a real values conversion. Right. They've written a check or two to some groups which is fine. I'm not criticizing them for that. Yeah. And on the Gillette's website, there's a thing you can click on that has a page. It talks a little bit about values, but the company's still neutral on values. They've not had a real values conversion right. or anything like that. So they're still neutral. And so there's real danger there, again, in this world of values-based customers that will be seen as cynical. Yeah. yeah. We had Jim Nail on and he talked about right. this. Oh, there we go. It sounds like the moral of the story with value-based customers is they care about values right. um, and don't try to trick them in right. any way. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you <laughs> know, the, the thing is, sometimes it's not even deliberately trying to trick. Right. You remember um, Nike White with the, the Colin Kaepernick ad campaign? And then shortly after, it came out that they were still donating money to some uh, political parties, political campaigns and such that opposed – Kaepernick. The accusation was you're trying to play both sides here. Now, I haven't dug deep into this to figure out exactly what happened, but I would be willing to bet that, you know, it just got to be the end of the quarter or whatever. And the, the arm of the company that's involved in messaging and lobbying and donations just wrote their usual checks. Yeah. It didn't even think of it. And the company just, the company wasn't trying to trick anybody. They're just not used to thinking about being a values-based company. And so the different departments just did what they do. Right. It wasn't systematic across the company. Exactly. 
Yeah, I think that's so interesting. I also, Jim, and it was episode 172, listeners, if you're interested, where Jim, you know, really takes Gillette to task. And one of the things he took them to task for, and I think this hints at what you were just saying with Nike and Kaepernick and then the cross purposes of the, mm -hmm. some of the donations is Gillette in those ads never apologized or referenced or noted their contributions to toxic masculinity, mm -hmm. right? Like you look at old Gillette ads and it is just men and scantily clad women who, what are they doing in an ad about a man, a men's razor? Yes. And, and so it's like, you're part of this mm -hmm. and you're pretending like you're above it, which made it even more of an outrage to people mm -hmm. who felt like you're, you know, recent arrival to this cause, you're not authentic about it and you're not acknowledging your past right. sort of opposition to this cause, Absolutely. even if it was only implied. It, right. was, it was clear. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the things that I want to emphasize though, is that maybe Gillette made exactly the right move for their business. Maybe the majority of their customers... Right, the reflected values. Right, aren't looking at the mm -hmm. issue that closely. Right. right. Maybe, you know, so, you know, those of us here, we may be very attuned to this. We, you know, we may really be looking for more authentic companies. And so that might ring hollow to us. Not, not Jenny, but yes, but, right. good point. <laughs> right, but for Gillette and for their business success, that may be exactly where they need to be. No, I take that. And I think I saw you say somewhere else, but saying it here, more companies are going to have to sort of turn off more customers. Yes. Was, you said a version of that. I think that's a really profound conclusion from all of this is part of being more connected to a set of values, no matter how strong they are, no matter how much you do to signal them or live them or, you know, just try not to be subtle about them. People are still going to figure them out. Mm -hmm. Some will reward and some will punish. And the punish ones, I think, are ones that it's tricky for a lot of these, especially mass brands, mm -hmm. to wrap their heads around. Absolutely. And as you said earlier, to more and more customers, neutral is going to start seeming like part of the problem rather totally. than part of the solution. And those companies that even try to compromise are going to find themselves more and more in those positions of rather than making everyone happy, making no one happy. Right. So those things like a few years ago when there was an issue with people carrying guns into Starbucks. And some people said they should be able to, and some people said they should not. And Starbucks tried to walk this line where they put out a statement saying, roughly, we're not going to tell you don't carry guns. We're just going to say, hey, maybe think about not. They didn't want to choose a side. Yeah. And again, maybe for Starbucks, that's the right move, or maybe it was a few years ago. But fewer and fewer companies are going to have less and less room for that sort of middle ground. Rick, this is a fascinating topic, whether you think it's important or not, Jenny. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm sold. I like that there are the different types of values. I'm glad that we got to that level and okay. it's not just that everything is a core value. So, nope, right. sold. No, no. And I think that's a really important point. There, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think there's a tendency, I think, for any individual to assume, oh, a values-based company, like their values are like mine, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, there are yeah. different sets of values. And that's entirely the point. It's perfectly reasonable to have values that align to different causes that are different degrees of, um, I don't know, fortitude or mm -hmm. founding myth, right? And you're reflecting that in this report. So I think a really interesting conversation and read, listeners, if, if you want to check this out, it's called Introducing Forrester's Values-Based Experience Framework by Rick Parrish. Great to have you here in person. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you all on next week's episode. Bye for now. Thanks to our colleagues Amanda Chen for recording and mixing the episode and Will Wilsey 
for editing and publishing. And listeners, if you have questions, feedback, comments, or suggestions for new episodes, please email us at cxcast at forrester.com. And remember, your customers' perceptions are your customer experience reality.